0: So I do a lot of laundry at my house. And oh yeah, I get some amens out there. <laughs> and Aaron does a lot of laundry and our older kids do their own laundry. And I still do a lot of laundry. I don't understand how this works, but here we are. I do a lot of laundry. So I listen to a lot of podcasts or watch like documentary type things where you don't have to watch what's happening because um, I like learning. So I've been listening to this astronaut on Masterclass, so all these pictures and stuff come from the Masterclass notes, because yes, I'm that geeky. I like (laughs) Masterclasses, and this astronaut is so cool and so smart, I'm just blown away by him. His name is Chris Hadfield, and he's a Canadian who is a Colonel with NASA, and he's most well-known, probably in popular culture for um, singing David David Bowie's Space Oddity. And you should look it up. It's pretty good. It's it's great. Anyways, I want to talk about some things that he said about communication. And before I go there, though, I want to talk about our mission first as believers and followers of Jesus. Um, There's the first commission. I hadn't heard this. I was looking in Genesis, and I, I hadn't heard this before. This was several months ago. And I said, the first commission is Genesis 1 where it says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. That's Genesis 1.28. Do you want to show that if you don't mind on the screen? Genesis 1.28. Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. I never thought of that as the first commission. And then we have the great commission or the second commission, which is go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. That's in Matthew 28. And there's this parallel idea of going out everywhere, taking God's presence with you, and sharing who God is with the earth, with the land, with people. But then they kind of parallel to, I think, about the first and greatest commandment. You've got the Great Commission, and then you've got the great commandment, which is love. This is Mark twelve thirty. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So we've got the great commission. We've got the great commandment. Think about how they go together with John 15, 5. It said, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So, this idea of going, this idea of loving, this idea of being fruitful happens when we remain in Christ and Christ remains in us. So, that's just a quick reminder. of of what we're here to do and how we do it in the love of God, in the love of Christ, abiding in Christ, we then can go and be fruitful and share that with other people all over the world in our workspaces. Okay, now let's go back to space. (laughs) We're gonna get some astronaut stories here. In the first moon landing, what were the first words we heard? What were they? Were they the eagle has landed? One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. What were what was the first word? The first word was Houston. Houston. Tranquility base here, the eagle has landed. Houston. Houston represented mission control, right? So in the Russians, in Russia, it was Moscow mission control. And in Tokyo or in Japan, I can't remember the name. It was too many names for me to remember. But the first word out of your mouth is Houston. Houston is where mission control is, where all those group of experts are up in that room and they're all together. And they're watching all the info come back from the moon. And then they're processing it and processing all the information of all their experts and then they're sending it back out into orbit for the space crew, this crew on mission. The crew, the flight crew is out to orbit, accomplishing the mission. And they're constantly referring back to mission control. And so all these people in mission control, they have all these little earbuds. Now this is craziness. Apparently, those, all those people are listening to about 100 different communications or more each person is t- tuned into about five. I'm like, that is, that's like trying to do an order in the McDonald's line when everybody's coming. I'm like, I couldn't do it. <laughs> so who are they listening to? They're listening to experts back in a back room in Houston They're listening to other countries space missions to make sure all the space missions are coordinating properly. They're listening to an engineer at a factory in Kansas potentially because of something with their equipment. They're listening to weather data. They're just listening to all this stuff. And the missions control people have to determine what is important for this particular moment in this mission. So they hear all this data, interpret it, piece it together, and choose the right moment when it's important to tell the flight director in mission control. Like There's so many people. The flight director is the one who's in charge of it all. So these experts share this information, share it with the flight director, and they are super judicious and careful to only tell him what he needs to know because it might affect the purpose of the mission. The flight director then determines if he needs to tell what's called CAPCOM. And Chris Hadfield, that astronaut, he served on over 25 missions for NASA as the CAPCOM. He was an astronaut, and then he became CAPCOM. CAPCOM stands for Capsule Command. So it's an archaic name from the capsule era that is still in use today. They still call him CAPCOM. So there's this constant ebb and flow of massive information between all these brilliant minds. This is what Chris Hadfield says about mission control. Every astronaut should work in mission control as much as possible before a flight because you really get a sense Of the pace and the critical nature and the intertwined requirements of operations it gives you a great awareness of the amount of support that it takes to successfully fly in space all this data all this communication is critical because if you were that astronaut in space and you had to process all that information and you had to talk to everyone all at once it would be It could be really confusing and really difficult to process all of that at the right time. Mission Control in the history of NASA learned early on that they needed one voice to take all that information, the instructions of the flight director, and communicate it back to the crew. That person had to be able to put it in a language that is familiar to the crew. That person needed to be a former astronaut so they could speak the same language as the crew. They needed someone the crew would trust. Because once you're out there and things get shaky and things change, you could have different points of view on what's happening and what needs to be done. So they need someone in mission control that they trust. Someone who can take all the weird technical jargon and recognize that the crew is what the crew is doing exactly at that point in time in orbit. How full are their brains with what they're doing up there? What do they have capacity mentally to listen to? Capcom puts into words the words that will make sense to them while they're in orbit. The crew is busy and focused on the mission. They don't always have time to question, how did we get to this decision? Is this really what we want to do next? Hey, this isn't what I was expecting. They're slightly removed from the decision process. The Capcom has to be a really trusted agent at mission control. But if the Capcom you're talking to is an astronaut like you, They've already been to all the meetings, all the training. They've already fought the battles that you have fought. They've already stood up for the things that are important to you. They already understand all the tremendously complicated technical issues. When CAPCOM speaks to you, you realize they're not just telling you what to do. CAPCOM is another crew member who has all the latest information and I don't need to question it. I don't need to argue about it. I can trust the Capcom down in mission control. Why do I tell you all this stuff I learned while folding my laundry last week? (laughs) The analogy breaks down at many points, but I want you to hear me in a few critical places. While you are on mission, the first word out of your mouth has to be Houston, mission control. In other words, Jesus or Holy Spirit or wonderful counselor or Emmanuel, God, Father, whatever it is, it's gotta be the first words out of your mouth this year, next year,
1: daily, because apart from Capcom, apart from God, we can do nothing.
0: Romans eleven thirty six 36 says, for of him and through him and to him are all things. That's got to be our central place, our first words out of our mouth. When we take that step, when we launch that mission, when we move to this or move to that, Holy Spirit, today I'm going to say Holy Spirit because of worship, Holy Spirit, the eagle has landed, Sarah here, (laughs) tranquility base here, I'd like to think that I'm tranquility base, you know, tranquility base here, (laughs) that's the one thing we got to do in 2022, we always start with mission control. Why can you trust mission control? Because we have the best Capcom. I like to imagine him as Jesus. He's been to all the meetings, he's fought the battles for you, he's stood up for the things that are important to you. Hebrews 7, 26. I love this version in the message. Jesus is there from now to eternity to save everyone who comes to him, to God through him. Always on the job to speak up for them.
1: Isn't that amazing? Jesus is always on the job speaking up for us. Isn't that cool how
0: that language goes with this? Like, after I heard the astronaut story, I looked up the scripture and that's what it said. He's on the job for us. He understands the technical issues, the complexities of the time that we're in. The other day I was on the phone with Steve Wonky. Steve Wonky likes FaceTime. It's my thing I've learned about him. He he wants to FaceTime with you. He's like, these times are complex, Sarah. I said, yes, I agree. (laughs) These are complex
1: times. Jesus understands them. God understands what's going on. God is there.
0: Understands the technical issues understands the mass of information and the right time and the right place to, that we can process the information we need. God is amazing that way. Sometimes we don't see. Sometimes I think we never see the bigger picture. I think we get glimpses in part of the bigger picture but we don't understand all the forces of pl- at play right now. We don't understand the depth and counsel and just all this crazy stuff that, that is up, happening. But God does. There's a story. There's a story of Job in the Bible. Job is this um, um, righteous man of God that um, is a friend. It's like a friend of God and God allows Satan to give Job trials, and it's just this really tough story, and if you read the whole book of Job, it is heavy reading, so I recommend you do some introductory understanding of it, and get some big other commentary on it, because it is something else to read, and it's tough, and it's hard, and it's about the galaxies, and the universe, and the creatures, and suffering, and trying God, and God trying us, and sin, and it's just complex stuff. And this is the reality. You know, the, the, the beginning and the end of the story have kind of an intro and a conclusion, but there's this giant mess in between of Job and his friends trying to sort things out. This is complex. This is what we experience, isn't it? Can you relate? Tell me I'm not the only one who feels like this is complex (laughs) right now. Relationships, culture, work, raising
1: kids right now. It's just complex. But Job, at kind of the end of it all, Job replies to the Lord after they have a little dialogue. And I want to read from Job 42.
0: Verse one, Job replies to the Lord, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. You asked, who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I, and I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things far too wonderful for me. But then God said to Job, listen, listen. Well, let's go to the next screen. God says to Job, listen, and I will speak. I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. Then Job says, I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. I take back everything I said, <laughs> and I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. Now, remember, repentance is like turning from my ways and turning to you, God. Job's like, I take back everything I said, (laughs) and I'm tuning into you, Capcom.
1: (laughs) I'm turning, I'm tuning into you, mission control. Mission control,
0: often you see this in the Apollo movies and you see this in the movies. They often shift things like Hidden Figures. I think it's in there too. Great movie, I think. If I can remember it, I loved it. (laughs) Sometimes mission control just shifts things by degrees to change your trajectory. Sometimes it's just the slightest degree of turning
1: from where you were going to where God wants you to go, just a degree. Mission control doesn't always change what's happening in space.
0: Mission control doesn't always change the environment. Mission control can't change the circumstances when you've just lost an engine. Mission control's in Houston, you're out miles. I mean, that analogy breaks down there a bit. But anyways, (laughs) What what they change is your trajectory and your perspective and your knowledge of what's happening. And God wants to do that with us. We're having this turn it around worship night in a little bit. And there's just been this picture as elders, we've been praying for, we've been asking God for prophetic words for our church, for our community. How do you want to shift us? And we just feel like God wants to change us. God wants to turn us around and turn how we think things and wants us to pivot. Leslie had this picture of a kaleidoscope, and she said, I just feel like God is telling us he wants us to just turn the kaleidoscope just a little to see things differently. Mike Bueller was like, I just feel like God wants us to pivot you know from a looking you know a season of grief to a season of joy and rejoicing and we can do
1: we can do that at the same time but there's this pivoting God wants us to change the degrees how we see things i mean imagine that's
0: chris in space chris had colonel chris hadfield in space he's canadian but this is a mission control and they're in space and they get mission information from mission control and just shift things just a little bit there are times when we are like Jacob right in the bible and we wrestle with god We're like, God, I don't get this. I don't like, we wrestle with God. There are other times like Abraham that you can, it feels like Abraham is negotiating with God. God, if you do this, can we do that? God, I'm not going unless you come with me. God, would you consider this? And there's like negotiating. There's there's times for all of these different things because it's a relationship, right? But there comes a time, there are other times, I'm thinking most of the time, When we need to sit back, relax, and recognize that there's a crew member on the ground with all the latest information and we don't have to fight for our own good because Jesus is doing it
1: for us. He's fighting the battle for us. Our greatest level of spiritual maturity and
0: authority will be reached when we learn to trust
1: and relax in God. Just trust. Psalm 25, eight through 10 says,
0: the Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, that we can trust you. I want to give you some tips for communicating with mission control (laughs) or tips for remaining in Jesus Um, Learn some interesting history about the difference between the Russian communication mission control and the U.S. mission control. Um, Russia, at the time they launched their space program, um, didn't have access to the rest of the world like the U.S. did. They were restricted to their country. So they set up their communication pattern all over Russia's time zones. That's all they got. So when their astronauts were beyond a reception, they lost communication for hours and hours. And sometimes because of the way it orbits, I don't understand all of this, but sometimes they wouldn't even go over their country because of the way the orbit works. So those astronauts talk about a leap of faith. They were going hours and hours without communication. Fortunately, in the US in the early days, They'd have a Capcom former astronaut that they'd send to Australia and the islands and all over the world. And they'd be based on there and they're like doing telephone or I don't quite get the technology, but it was archaic. And so they're relaying information all over the world. So our astronauts can have communication. Here's the cool thing. You guys, we get to come boldly into the presence of God anytime, anywhere. There's no restriction. And we should do it all the time. First words, Houston, you get up in the morning. First words, you're going into that meeting. Houston, that's another name for God. How's that? Houston, never thought you'd hear that in a church message, right? Just kidding. Um, Acts 2.42 all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's supper, and to prayer. The New King James Version says they did it steadfastly. Um, the next um, one, um, quirky, steadfast. We we have to be steadfast in in understanding what, learning. We're learners hey, I know it comes naturally to me because I'm a teacher geek, kind of like I love learning, right? But guess what? We all get to do that. And then if we're not so great at fellowship, we get to get good at fellowship in the kingdom. And we get to get good at sharing meals together. Like This is what we do in the body of Christ. And we're steadfast about connecting in with mission control. On a practical level, let's get real practicals. I'm giving you some quick tips. Um, can we get the next slide, please? Stillness and silence. I remember uh, Graham Cook would tell this story that he'd, he, this is back when we had secretaries or whatever. He's like, I'd tell my secretary to close my door and he'd just get on the floor before his meetings at his business and he'd just be still and silent before the Lord. It's so important to rest your thoughts, to breathe, to stop and calm and be calm before the Lord. Worship, we can sing, we can serve, we can give. Um, We can go into nature and observe God in creation. I remember once I got to go to New York City and I was sitting in this window just watching everybody go by me. And I was like, whoa, I've never seen anything like this, this intense with people. And God just started speaking to me because I was pausing and observing,
1: just sitting there at work, at a bus stop.
0: Essentially, it's taking a pause to hear from the Lord. That's a Houston. Um, There are some apps, next screen, that I can recommend. Um, You know, all of these, I don't listen to all of them. Anyways, one of them is Lectio 365. I listen to it in the morning when I can't open my eyes yet and I can't focus, right? I love it. And you can listen to it at night. I was, I'm like, Aaron, are you okay if we listen to this again? Like, are you bored of this yet? <laughs> He's always like, you can listen. <laughs> um, devotionals. There's one called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, Day by Day. Emotionally Healthy Relationships, Day by Day. There's an oldie but goodie called My Utmost for His Highest. Get the updated version because it's like King James English if you get the original one called Jesus Calling. I remember one time we had a copy of Jesus Calling at my house uh, when we lived in Orem, and um, this kid, this really smart college student came to our house from BYU, and he's looking at my this book on our table, and he's like, what's that? And I said, well, it's a really cool devotional I read to my kids before they go to school. It helps them you know, dial into Houston before they go to school. And I said, I never suspected this would relate to him, but I said, it has a lot to do with just trusting God and not being afraid. And he's like, I could use that. So I got him the adult copy. It was a fun gift to give him. Okay, I'm gonna close with this. I'm gonna try and play it. Oops, I forgot it. Hold on, I'm running to my phone. I want you to hear this we're gonna close with this. And my dongle was not working this morning so we're gonna do this like the old way. I'm gonna play this next to my microphone and hope this works for you all. This is called the Quindar tone. You hear about it in the movies all the time. So, um, and then I'm gonna play a little bit of what Colonel Chris Hadfield says about the Quindar tone.
1: If you've ever listened to some of the early recordings of communications between mission control and the station, there's this little chime that goes just before people start talking. And it's called the Quindar. And what it was, as all the uh, antennas and the communication loops are getting established, it was the little noise artifact that occurred as communications first got linked. And it was sort of almost a, an unexpected benefit because you would, you would push the button in order to talk to the crew and you would wait for this little, gentle little electronic chime noise. And then you'd know that um, they were ready to listen or ready to hear. There's communications going on it served a real purpose at mission control because if anybody is sitting there talking or working or doing whatever they were, if they heard that little sound that little quindar then they realized that the crew was talking or someone was talking to the crew and so subconsciously maybe like like pavlovian dogs we, we would go oh they're talking and you'd listen and uh and so the quindar became an unspoken but very necessary part of communications with the ships that Okay.
0: That little tone at the beginning it was just a way it was it was they had no choice but to hear that tone because of the way the technology worked. But later when the te- technology transitioned they would they created an automated and an artificial quindar tone. Cuz when that tone went off when that chime went off They wanted everyone to like, be alert. They wanted the people who needed to hear to be alert. This is what happens as we develop a relationship with God, as we develop patterns of reading scripture, of listening, of pausing and stopping to be still and check in with mission control. It's almost like a quinder tone develops in our spirit. And you'll be doing something and all of a sudden you'll hear, it's like, oops, I think God's speaking to me. I think I need to pay attention to what comes next. Psalm 27, seven through eight. Thank you, Corky. I think um, Kathy even quoted this today in worship. We say to God, hear me as we pray, O Lord, be merciful and answer us. And then our hearts say, we've heard you say, God, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. It's what we get to do when we hear his voice, when we hear him calling us. We say, we're coming, God. We're listening. We're there. So I'd like to close with prayer. Um, if you want to, would you all stand with me just as we close? By the way, I forgot to say in the scripture reading or the, the book section, I have Bible reading tips. If you, want, if you need help reading scripture or knowing how to hear or talk, I got some Bible reading tips for you. You can get them for me online if you like. This is like a bookmark. You can put it in your Bible or your journal or whatever. But, Lord, today, as as we continue to be on mission in 2022, will you help us be a people who are just ready to respond, ready to listen, ready to hear you? May the first words out of our mouth, every step of the way, be Jesus, Holy Spirit. God, come help
1: tranquility base here. I'm checking in with you. I pray that we would be a people.
0: I want to be a person who hears that chime, who hears that quindar tone
1: and is alert to you. I bless this
0: church. I bless your people. I bless people today, all the people who are sick. I just pray healing and health. They would hear your voice even in times of distress or times of just not feeling great or times of just being sad. And just, I pray that they would hear your voice in the midst of it because you lead with faithfulness and incredible love. So we put our trust in you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray this, amen.